This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. 16 years from today, Greg Gerstner will finally land the perfect cannonball. Epic Splash. Unsuspecting friends. A work of art only possible because Greg is already meeting all these same people at AARP volunteer and community events that keep him active and involved and help make sure his happiness lives as long as he does. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org local. Welcome to the BBC Music Magazine podcast. You can subscribe to the magazine by visiting classical-music.com or to our interactive iPad edition by visiting iTunes.com. BBC Music Magazine is now an official Apple Music curator and you can listen to our exclusive playlists by visiting applemusic.com slash bbcmm. So this month we're in the studio for First Listen, our chance to listen to and rate an important new recording. And joining me for this very task is Deputy Editor Jeremy Pound, Reviews Editor Rebecca Franks and Editorial Assistant Eleanor Cooper. Hello. Hello. And this month we've chosen the Shandos disc of Violin for All Seasons, combining a recording Vivaldi's Four Seasons with British composer Roxana Punufnik's tribute to Vivaldi's masterpiece Four World Seasons. And it's all performed by dedicatee violinist Tasman Little with the BBC Symphony Orchestra. Influenced, as she says, by global politics and climate issues, Panufnik pairs each season with a country, giving us autumn in Albania, a Tibetan winter, spring in Japan and an Indian summer, each movement bearing a musical hallmark of its country. So, has our listening left us with a sunny disposition or is it raining in our hearts? Let's hear the opening to Vivaldi's Spring. Thank you. 
So that was the opening to Vivaldi Spring. Rebecca, um, Tasmin Little um, freely accepts that she doesn't necessarily go for the completely authentic approach, but she does go for something that's very colourful and really sort of opens the music to our ears. Do you think it works? Yeah, she describes in the booklet notes how she um, has been influenced by Baroque violinists, but she's resolutely a modern player. She's here playing with the BBC Symphony Orchestra, so um, you know an orchestra versed in all different sort, different styles of music, and she's directing as well. And it's a slightly larger orchestra than you might be used to hearing in this music. But I do think she brings something individual and very engaging to the music. Actually, um, I don't necessarily. I'm not necessarily sure I'm convinced by all the, the tempos that she chooses, but I really like the sort of the affection and the, the lyricism that she brings to the performance. And there's a lovely interplay between her and her harpsichordist as well. I, I, I find that there's a there's, there's a freedom perhaps that not adhering to the sort of treatises and various sort of instrumentations. I, I feel that sort of sets her free. Do you think that that's true as, as well? Yes, I think she works really well together with um, David Wright, the harpsichordist. And as you say, there's a lovely freedom to it. So tell us a bit about uh, Roxana Panufnik's own sort of spring movement and her suite of uh, new works. Yes, so we get spring in Japan in her piece um, Four World Seasons. And I do think the Vivaldi and the Panufnik work very nicely together, actually. Uh, they're both vivid and pictorial and engaging. And Roxana Panufnik is one of a many long line of composers who have responded to the idea of doing a musical tour around the months and seasons. And she adds in this extra element of a tour um around different countries as well. So Spring in Japan takes the idea of um, sort of growth and things coming into life. And we get the bird song, which also relates to the Vivaldi and the cherry blossom that's sort of depicted in the teeming life that you hear in the score. So, yeah, I think they work nicely together. Well, we're going to move on and hear a little bit from the Indian summer, actually, which um, uh, ends uh, Roxana Panufnik's suite, whereas um, in the Vivaldi version, it's the second uh, season. So... Um, Panuflik sort of chucks the order on its head, but let's hear an extract from Indian Summer. In an Indian summer, sort of a melee of, of, of sort of different colours and cultures, lots of sultriness in there. Does this does this work for you? Is it evocative music? I, I really um, did enjoy it, and particularly because uh, she's taken the idea of an Indian summer, which is uh, the phrase that's often used to describe kind of uncharacteristically warm weather, but actually she's taken it literally and used um, the um, Indian elements. She's incorporated them really well into um, this modern orchestra and, and Western orchestra. So, for instance, she's got the double basses um, imitating an instrument called a tanpura, which is um, a big stringed instrument like a double bass, um, but it just plays four notes on a drone throughout, and it's almost like kind of buzzing of flies, or, you know, there's, there's that kind of tension of a storm about to explode or something you can imagine that and it, it all of that all of the piece is built on that kind of very um evocative uh bass um and then the solo violin plays in this very sweeping sliding style which is apparently very traditional um in northern india 
um, and she incorporates rhythms from Indian tabla drums as well. So it's really, and then four modes from different parts of India. So she's really taking us on a tour um, of, of India, and it's very um, kind of intense music. So like Vivaldi, it's not a, a lovely summer's day. It's a, it's a very stormy, intense, like heavy day. Yes, it's very hot and, as you say, very intense. Um, the, the Vivaldi, uh, how, how do you sort of rate her performance of the of the, 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 the summer concerto, as it were? I think the um, the larger orchestra. Um, by using the BBC Symphony Orchestra. It, it does, because the summer is where the storm happens in, in Vivaldi's seasons, and it does lend um, a lot of drama to that because it's very it's a very big sound at that storm, and so you kind of get the um, the weight of the storm from um, from the size of the orchestra. Tasman Little does quite a bit of improvising um, throughout summer, and she, does it, she adds a link in between movements one and two, which I think David um, Wright also does um, later on. So it's very individual things she brings to it. Mm. It's a sort of very free uh, movement, really, isn't it? You've got the freedom in the, in the Vivaldi, but also there's a sense of freedom in the Panufnik mm. as well. There's, yeah. a, there's a sense that there's, there's a sort of improvisatory element to that as well. Yeah. So I think, actually, Jamie, this is a sort of sense of almost improvisation in the Albanian movement, isn't it? The sense that she's sort of letting rip with some Albanian folk tunes over the top of an orchestral accompaniment. Yes, there's two sections, actually, to, to autumn in Albania, effectively. There's, in the first half of it, we get... Um, what is derived from the dance of chimes, which is actually a dance which they um, dance in weddings in Albania, and that's kind of quite lively and quite boisterous. And then we have this lengthy cadenza, which leads us into what is a, a mournful lament. Um, it's uh, derived again from Albanian folk tune this time, which apparently a friend of Roxana Panofnik heard and actually kind of played to her, and she heard that, and she's kind of kind of worked that into her her own music here. It's actually very different in character from Vivaldi's. Um, take on autumn because in Vivaldi you get three sections you've got the harvest and then you've got a central section where actually our peasant having drunk himself silly during the harvest then goes off for a nice kip and then the third section in the Vivaldi is the hunt so it's not reflected in Roxana's Panufnik's approach to it at all more of a response than a than a direct influence exactly yeah so um, the, the playing in the in the Vivaldi, do you do you also feel that it's 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 worthy of our attention? I do. In particular, actually, I want to um, bring out that um, that sleep central movement in the in the Vivaldi because, um, as the sleeve notes actually rightly point out, when we hear the central movement of of autumn, we always think of that Vivaldi is depicting kind of mellow fruitness, fruitfulness and mists and kind of sultry meadows, whereas actually Vivaldi himself said that it's actually this chap dozing off to sleep and having a blissful dream. However, when you hear it here, it could be either. It's got that wonderful stillness in the playing. Uh, she uses very little vibrato at all, and it kind of there's a very sort of magical effect she creates, as do the orchestra. So let's just return to the Panufnik. Let's hear an extract from Autumn in Albania.
So that was Autumn in Albania by Roxana Panufnik, part of her Four World Seasons, which is in response to Vivaldi's Four Seasons. And we're going to talk about um, Vivaldi's winter now in comparison to um, Roxana Panufnik's winter. I, I get actually a little bit separately from everyone else here, a sense of connection between the Vivaldi and the, uh, the Panufnik. There's a real sense of sort of chilliness. Um, so the music, I think, I think strings sort of perhaps lend themselves to real chilliness when you sort of play near the bridge and there's a real sense of sort of wind... Uh, Howling through, um, you know, the rooms in a house that Vivaldi talks about. You know, the fact that the that the doors are bolted up, um, and you can still feel the wind sort of racing through the rooms. But I, I, I feel that there's there's a real sort of sense that that they've really thought about how to use the harpsichord and how to use the strings. And it, it brought to mind a little bit of Nigel Kennedy's recording of the Four Seasons, the beginning of winter. But I think it's tempered slightly and and, and perhaps romanticised a little bit more by Tasman Little. Um, playing is, is is stunning, um, and again, you know, less harsh than Nigel Kennedy. So you don't get that sense of the biting wind, but you do get this sense of the relentless wind to it. Um, let's hear an extract from um, the, the start of uh, Winter, Vivaldi's version. That is. So that was the very beginning of Vivaldi's winter for the Four Seasons. Um, the Tibetan winter, uh, on, on the other hand, it starts with a beautiful um, ring of a, uh, uh, of a Tibetan uh, singing bowl. Um, and Roxana Panufnik uses uh, sort of Tibetan folk songs in in, in the uh, in, in her version of Winter, but she also she uses not only a sort of a, a slightly sort of romanticised singing of this, but also a very sort of traditional um, uh, uh, sort of guttural performance of the folk song. So you get this very sort of melismatic line with the violin, but also mixed in with these sort of beautiful um, ornamentations that she puts in to really give a sense of the Tibetan traditional. Um, song and also this again this sort of rawness um, and this chilliness of the Tibetan winter so um, I think it's time for the scores for this Jeremy what are you going to give this uh, recording out of 10 right well I'm going to have to start off by declaring a little bit of an interest here in that I actually chatted to both the composer and Tasman Little quite extensively about this disc um, so I've heard their thoughts about it firsthand however trying to be as independent as I can I still think it's a terrific disc I've really enjoyed it I think the the Panufnik in particular is a really interesting take on the subject and I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 Rebecca? I'd like to give this 7 out of 10 and I would definitely recommend it um, to hear the, the Roxana Panufnik in particular and actually a really lovely take on the Vivaldi. It did bring something individual which is what Tasman Little set out to do. Uh, I'm also going to give it 7 out of 10. Um, similar reasons. I think it's a lovely set. The two works complement each other really well um, and I really enjoyed the, uh, the Panufnik. Um, so yeah, a really enjoyable disc. I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. Um, 
I enjoyed, I, I very much enjoyed the playing. I, I felt sometimes there could have been a slightly cleaner take on one or two of this for Vivaldi, but, but I enjoyed the coupling. I thought it was a really imaginative work that that made me think anew about the Vivaldi um, in terms of perhaps what the composer was trying to do to express the seasons rather than simply a set of four concertos. And I think any recording that can get you to think differently about a well-worn work, I think, is a is a great achievement. Um, and the team seems to work really wonderfully together. I think Ponufnik's writing for Tasman Little is clearly, um, you know, they've clearly gone on a journey together and it's clearly a, a collaboration. So Tasman Little has ended up with a piece of music that suits her very well. And I think the BBC Symphony Orchestra are terrific. Um, so that gives us an average of seven and a half out of ten. So thank you very much for joining us and join us again next time when we'll be discussing another new recording. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this BBC Music Magazine podcast, which was produced in our Bristol studio by Jack Fletcher. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at classical-music.com or simply head to iTunes.